Turn my music high, 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 yeah. I'm Coach Winehouse. I am in control here. You're listening to A-Lab. Today, I remove my foot from the collective throats of two of your hosts. Welcome, Tark and Andy. <laughs> well, I thank you, Coach. Thank you very much. Is this going to be on the exam? Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking of you rolling in here with something like, uh, "This is Coach Ever Winehouse, and you're listening to A Lab, and I own this fucking podcast." Now. Uh, that was perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So A Lab podcast. Uh, it's been a while. This is Tarek, and with me, as always, is Andy. Hello. And good to be back. We have uh, a first on the podcast, which is uh, we're doing a guest. We have had guest hosts sit in from time to time, but uh, among among many philosophical beliefs we have on the podcast is we don't do guests. Um, maybe some other legal podcasts they'll have guests on. You know, any old race faking uh, senator, uh, U.S. senator can come on. And- <laughs> And do some flim flamming, uh, you know, uh, but not on this podcast. To get to get a guest slot on this podcast, you literally have to go out and get a court order. Uh, and our first guest uh, has done just that. Uh, we have with us Edward Coach Winehouse, uh, as you may have heard from the intro. Hello, Coach. Guys, thanks for having me. Can I call you Coach, or should I say uh, I am... Uh, actually bound by order of the court to call you coach so uh coach it is um coach you may remember if you are a regular listener of the podcast uh featured in our episode on ian samuel the counter clerk episode eight way back in february i believe of 2020 uh and coach you sued us uh you sued us so we thought it would be good to have you come on, uh, in part because uh, that's uh, what we decided within the uh, context of the uh, of the litigation. But also, it's our genuine belief uh, that we would, you know, the cure for speech is more speech. And if if we offended, uh, then we'd like you to come and tell us what what we did wrong. Uh, and so we're happy to have you on here in the spirit of uh, vigorous debate and, and speaking to each other as men. Um, but uh, I think before we start, do you want to give us a little intro into who you are? You're, you've got a, you wear many hats, uh, many degrees and many hats, and so maybe a, a little bit of an introduction to to your background. Wait, wait, wait! I got to go ahead. I want to jump in here for a second. So the way we dis- if you didn't listen to that episode, first of all, just shut this off. But go back and listen to it. And it's great. But but it's great. Except for, I'm not saying the last part is great. I'm not sure if that part is great <laughs> based on what we're at now. Um, but what what ended up happening was we discussed the rise and fall of Ian Samuel in that podcast. And at the end, uh, we kind of did a, uh, some joke riffs on uh, Coach here. And that is that was the genesis of the suit. I don't know if you teed that up, and I just wanted to make sure that that's that's the Fair background. Enough. But yeah, so coach, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, what you're up to lately, and then we can get into the gravamen of the lawsuit, as we like to say in the law. 
I'm sure. Uh, th- thank you, um, first of all, for complying with the court order. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, um, and also I would, I would like to reframe, uh, episode eight as the rise and rise of, of the counter clerk, um, because ultimately it tells a story and the, 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 that I think what the butt of the joke is, was me. Um, and now we get to talk about, you know, candidly, my favorite topic. Um, you, which yeah. is just, you know, <laughs> me, exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I teach at UCLA. Uh, I've been a faculty lecturer there. I think I'm starting my seventh year uh, now. Um, I'm, you know, I've, I've uh, built, uh, sold you know, successful businesses um, all over. Uh, but I started as a derivatives trader. And, and um, after I was at first a credentialed reporter on Capitol Hill uh, and have just had this varied career, you know, lived all over the world. And I had made a decision at some point in my life that I was going to pursue doing the things I really wanted to do. Right. And, you know, f- financial success would come along the way or it wouldn't. Um, but I, I'm here to, to, to happen to the world. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to be the kind of person where the world happens to right. me. And that led has led me to a very bizarre background career path. And ultimately, so I can help other people uh, to become an attorney. Um and so I did. Uh, and, um, you know, my father, who, who passed recently uh, or within the last Sorry. year, uh, was a very, very – yeah, I appreciate that. He's an incredible – you know, he's he's an incredibly successful uh, advocate, advocated at the Supreme Court, won a case 9-0. Um, uh, you know, and I could go on forever about him. Nonetheless, you know, to to grow up, you know, with that level of, of someone helping other people and then not being – you know, doing as much of that myself, I decided to become an attorney. Right. Uh, it just so happens that I have an incredibly various uh, uh, business background, uh, some successful, some not successful, um, been through a lot of, you know, contentious things uh, and uh, mostly resolved to the positive or will be. And I became an attorney when I had the opportunity to work with a great legal mind and help complement a particular practice, you know, I took it uh, basically to be helpful uh, to someone who, you know, was making a career shift. So we and then along came a couple of assholes with the podcast, uh, and uh, here we are. Um, well, and enter- well, wait a minute, an entertaining podcast. Well, thank you. Right? I, I mean, I mean, I but, but that's part of the problem, right? Yeah, it was I mean, good. I mean, come on. It was, it was, you guys are funny. I mean, I'm going to laugh today. You know, I, 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 I probably laughed the first time I heard it. So... You know, you guys are entertaining. That's it. That's, you know, otherwise I would never grace well, you with my presence. I will say this, and I hope without violating any uh, confidentiality provisions in any documents, um, we're not here to apologize to you under, you know, threat of court order, you know, but I do think as a man and as a, you know, as a single father, you know, at no point was it our direct intention. And I think, you know, we've discussed this a little bit to, you know, uh, make you feel bad or embarrass you in front of your children or anything else or make you the butt of the joke. Um, You are, as you say, a colorful figure. Um, And, you know, to see sort of the trajectory that the counter clerk was on uh, and then to wind up in partnership with a colorful figure was to us, uh, you know, a, a... a very fascinating and fun 
coda. It was irresistible to that man. story, and, and and I think it's easy sometimes to be unkind, rude when you don't know somebody, and you know for that I do apologize. You know I'm I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't want to you know denigrate in in any way you as a father or as a man. Uh, you know some of your legal career to us seemed uh experimental <laughs> so to speak um and certainly <laughs> you know you were at the beginning of it uh, in a ways that were surprising to us but you know it was not our intention to 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 be uh vicious or to otherwise you know impugn your character and 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 i i to the extent that we did do that then i do apologize and not because i'm being ordered to by the court I will say though the court did the court did clarify and find as a matter of fact that the podcast was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and, and by the way, I think the apology is completely unnecessary mm-hmm. and as among men. I don't need nor care nor will ever ask anyone for an apology. That's n- why I fucking make one. A, it is never of concern to me. Um and, and to be and to be more you know, candid with whatever. And like, I didn't want to sue you. That wasn't my desire. Nonetheless, my signature is on my document I filed uh, for my law firm. Yeah, come on. I wanted. You did file a lawsuit. I did reach out first to Tarek, as he acknowledges directly, and he chose not to speak with me. Well. that That was not my decision. Well, let me just, let me just clarify for the record and for the, for the listening audience. You did, you did send me a, a direct message on, I believe, LinkedIn, correct? And in it, you were like, you have one opportunity to something. <laughs> and I, I made a mistake there because my initial instinct, consistent with what I just said, was to just, I, I, and Andy can, Andy can attest to this. I hope I'm. I, uh. We had a call about it. And he said, he said, I, I sh- maybe we should do something and just reach out. I think we could probably calm the whole thing down if we just talk to him. But. It's possible it all just goes away if we don't, and we wa- we you know we right. talk. But I I made a I made a crucial mistake, you know, inconsistent with the with the uh, thrust of this podcast, which is I consulted with the lawyer, and <laughs> <laughs> and they said That's you don't know, this guy's going to record you, or you know you're, he's going to try to get admissions out of you, and then he's going to sue you anyway, and blah 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 blah, and you know, and I said you know what maybe it is better. To have that conversation within the context of uh, a lawsuit uh, where issue has been joined and we can then, you know, have that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Full transparency. We white knuckled it through the New York statute and the the statute through the, you know, through, you know, throughout most of the jurisdictions. Uh, not the finest jurisdiction, Missouri, which we'll get to. Apparently, there's a two-year, <laughs> two-year statute in Missouri. So, which I will get to does not apply. Yeah, okay. we, we could we could talk about some of our theories on that, but the fact is, I was I I fully expected you to file something within the year statute, and I wasn't really thinking about the Missouri statute. And then by the time uh, by the time the the lawsuit came around, which was uh, congratulations on on sneaking in under the statute there, Coach. Uh, you, you, know, you you came in right towards the end of the uh, statutory period in Missouri, which for defamation actions is two years, uh, and we got this complaint. Um, I was advised of the complaint uh, informally, uh, and then uh, I was like, well, should we, uh, you know, 
reach out? Should we do this? But, you know, once again, I, I went and got a lawyer. We we were able to waive service ultimately after getting a hold of the copy, you know, formally uh, and uh, proceeded to uh, uh, discuss and thankfully resolve along uh, along very amicable lines uh, the suit. If if there's a moral from this act one of the podcast, though, I hope that our listeners understand. Don't consult a lawyer <laughs> if you're potentially under legal action or something. Just don't. It's a complete waste of time. Or or Wing if you want you can the, handle it. if you want the accurate reading of the message I sent someone, the lesson would be get someone under oath and show it to them what the person wrote. Because although Tarek read the proper subtext of me reaching out <laughs> to him, it was very clearly. I offer you an opportunity for an informal conversation <laughs> at your convenience. That does sound like bait, man. Come on. And then my phone number. Now, clearly, you can have a formal one if you prefer, which was the correct subtext. But ultimately, I would have we, we could have been on air two years ago. We should have called you with a voice modulator. <laughs> and a, a lot of the things that you said about that conversation, recording in Missouri, it's a one-party state, absolutely would have been recorded, mm-hmm. um, which okay, is where I so. was. Oh, no, actually, no, I think I was in California at the time. Another, you guys, you, you guys gathered a lot of the jurisdictional issues on the statute of limitations and things that I had already thought through. You missed it on the California trade, which is two years. Um also, so I had a couple of angles that, that allowed me uh, that allowed me to to play with not having to do it uh, right before the statute ran in, in, in most of the states. But it, it did affect my ability to figure out what lawyer to get and what strategy to take in litigation. So I did definitely thought through Missouri is one of the worst jurisdictions to file a defamation claim. It's why nobody thought. Well, I but do it. I mean, there's a couple things, you know, I, you know, we can we can talk about. Right. Which I, I think. Uh, for the for the sort of legal setup here, which is, uh, if you had sued in California, you would have had a problem with the with the California uh, slap statute, right? Um, and the fact that you put in California claims, I you know, if we were going pro se, which ultimately we determined not to, we we retained counsel uh, very responsibly uh, to 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 join issue on the on the file. Uh, we would have argued that the intercession of the California claims also brought the the slap statute in, but um, not sure how the Eighth Circuit would have exactly. Out, I think that would have messed things up more than anything. But the the beauty of the anti-slap is it would have provided for uh, attorney fee shifting. So you know, I thought I assumed you were going with Missouri, both because that was where the business at issue was. Uh, but because of the two-year statute and the lack of any meaningful anti-slap protections for the defendant in that jurisdiction. Yeah, I had to balance a couple of yeah. things because the Ninth Circuit, the Ninth Circuit on anti-slap wouldn't have would have procedurally barred those fees. So federal court was a must. Yeah. And there's a circuit split between the federal courts on whether or not to honor states' anti-slap statute. So I had actually had a mix and match problem with <laughs> exactly. in the Eighth Circuit. Right. So I, I was aware of I was aware of the anti slap issues. Believe yeah. me, there were you know, no fewer than ten lawyers whose first words out of their mouth were anti slap. And yeah. so that was that was that was uh, that was issue number one for me to resolve before filing. There was one interesting issue which was that if you had instead of waiting to February, you had you basically missed the statute by about two months because 
although New York statute normally lapses after a year, it right after we recorded this podcast, uh, Andrew Cuomo canceled for like most of 2020. Uh, the you know, basically told all the statutes of limitations, and so you got like nine months added, and uh, nine or ten months added, and so really. If you had filed any earlier, it wouldn't have been a problem under the New York statute. But then, you know, there's all these other issues like Missouri has a two-year statute, but they have a borrowing statute. And there's law, at least at the federal at the federal level, that says they would have borrowed the New York statute. So it just would have been one year anyway. Um, all that stuff is kind of under the you know, water under the bridge now. But just this was the thinking of the litigants as we prepared to discuss the, you know, joint issue with, with counsel. And um, ultimately, obviously, we wanted to settle the whole time. Yeah, and when you go into litigation, unless you're you know looking for pain from all sides, you, one would want to settle, including me. Um, I think you you made really one very strategic decision, which was what I was counting on when I filed the complaint with a couple of things I put in there to sort of goad you into trying to represent yourselves. Um, <laughs> where I went after Jones. So in paragraph twenty six, when I said uh, that I had defeated Jones Day in litigation when they had which had made the mistake of representing themselves when litigating against Coach. Oh my uh, was god! Cer- was certainly one of them. You uh, thought and that made again- us? Come on, coach. And then sixty nine A. I re- uh, again. Uh, I did it, and then uh, I-, I put it throughout here specifically, trying to get you to represent yourselves a little bit, thinking that someone would absolutely, once you said you were going to do that, counsel you against it. So anyway, there there was some thought into you know sort of goading you into uh, getting. I was ready like, to roll. I got motions still just sitting on my computer, drafted and done. But Tarek talked me down and was like, "No, let's just let's just <laughs> get let's let's talk to let's get some more advice." <laughs> then I, I would say the plan worked in, in space. No, there were there were two ways to play this, and one was to be the responsible adult and get a lawyer. You then got a lawyer yourself which i think fundamentally changed uh some of that calculus for us because um my own sort of grand unified theory of litigation is that the judge figures out who the asshole is uh and makes them lose and as colorful as your complaint was i felt that it would be fairly easy to tell this particular judge in that particular court <laughs> a story that you know hey we did a we did a podcast uh, you know it's a little bit you know it's a little bit uh, you know salty and and you know maybe not the most professional operation uh, in terms of the way we talk about issues or whatever but the gravamen of what we said about this gentleman was that he was a pro se litigant and this complaint followed your honor and i think you know, there was a there was a theory where we could have gone in and just made her so mad at everybody because on the one hand you got these you know New York asshole over here you know representing himself and you got this uh, coach guy over here with this crazy complaint uh, and I don't want to deal with this and you people just get the fuck out so we could have made it a circus you know we thought you know well we could we could do fundraising. Uh, and really go nuts and hire, you know, like we and, and do episodes about it and, and really, you know, cause it, cause the ruckus with it. Um, but ultimately, my own conservatism in terms of, again, I just want to handle these things professionally. I don't want to take chances with the court. I don't want to piss off judges. Uh, maybe not 
the exact Winehouse philosophy in all cases. Uh, <laughs> I decided. No, that is not my philosophy. Let's get the. Let's get the. No, your your philosophy is like you mess with the bull, you get the fucking. Let's horns. get the nerdiest lawyer we can find. You know, the dean of the uh, you know St. Louis uh, media bar, and send him in there to just bore everybody to tears uh, if we have to go that route. Because I don't want to be the colorful one here. So that was our thinking. But you, you yeah. picked the right guy. You know, if we had tried to settle on that, and that broke down, and if we had gone through motion to dismiss, and that broke down, or that, or we we weren't able to get a dismissal, which I think we, I think we would, I think we were in a good position. But if that hadn't gone off, I don't think we were going to be paying counsel through the rest of the litigation no. here. It was going to become a motherfucking circus. No, we would have had to do done <laughs> right. some of the because I, you know, I I'm not going to fund the defense of a, a federal court litigation over several years out of out of pocket. So we probably would have, you know, done a Patreon and. You know, we, we you know we would have been doing a lot of the lifting ourselves in terms of you know I, I just uh, paying paying that law firm to to sit through depositions and things. We you probably would have, as much as you were sort of doing a mix of your own counsel and pro se, we probably would have gone to that hybrid model too. I sort of had the bet. You guys either had to go public and make you know again one of my favorite, if not my, my favorite topic, you know, constantly marketed. <laughs> uh, which was a, a huge win um, because ultimately we'd be talking about my side of the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, your side of the story is, I don't know, we kind of were, it was just our opinion and we, you know, whatever, it'd be a bunch of, a bunch of unnecessary apologies. See the beginning of the show. Um, or, uh, or I was going to settle on the terms I wanted. And when I hire, you know, a guy I call, you know, kill shot cast, to join me in the case, and we worked on, you know... You're talking about the Jeffrey uh, Cass, the lawyer you hired. Yeah, kill Shot Who worked? Cass. I call him Kill Shot. <laughs> he, he, spoke, he spoke when I taught at WashU. He spoke in my class. He speaks in my class at UCLA. We've worked on cases together. Um, we talked about a new case uh, within the last two days. Um, you know, we've won cases together. And, you know, when I, when I bring him in, I'm basically sending... And he's not the only litigator I work with. But when I do, I'm basically sending a message. I can win this case. And I'm also willing to settle. So you better think about it. Because if you don't want to settle with Jeff, then you're going to deal with me uh, in the other way. And I'm fine. I'm going to be okay either way. When I don't bring him in, then I'm sort of like, well, you know what? I don't even care if I win. I'm just going. Uh, I should win. I believe I have a real case. I believe I have good claims. Um, but I'm not going to spend one penny. I'm just going to keep going myself no matter what. And that will never end. I'll say, I'll say this. I never thought that we were at risk of even losing a motion to dismiss on your claim, but to the extent that one thing that you might have wanted was like, I'm going to push back a little pain and stress you guys out. You fucking got it, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were stressed about it. I had some calls. I obviously stressed, stressed drafted a brief. Um, you know, I'm spending some of my free time, you know, doing legal research about like defamation law in Missouri, like, you know, that put the screws on us a little bit and definitely made me rethink, you know, to come around to some of the points that Tark was making earlier about like, did you really need to take a shit on this guy? It it certainly made me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Listen, I have nothing else, I'm an educator. <laughs> you extracted some asshole tax for sure. Yeah. Both that's in terms it. of that's a very good way to put and, it. You know, uh the, our lawyer wasn't free. So you, at a minimum, bloody the nose back. Asshole taxes. Kudos to you on that one. Yeah. Let me ask this question, which you don't feel the need to answer. But given, you know, where we got to to where we are Mm -hmm. now, 
you know, once it was filed, I mean, do you think there was any less expensive way if you calculated an opportunity cost, you know, pain and suffering, you know, the circus nature than, than the way we actually ultimately resolved it? Um, I think if you had emailed instead of instead of doing uh, a sort of cryptic message through LinkedIn to one of us, if you had actually gone through DMs to our Twitter accounts and said, "Here's what I'm thinking. I'm upset, and here here are the reasons. Here are the places where I think you overreached, or even if you didn't overreach, here's a place where I think you were an asshole." We might we might have got further. Uh, entirely possible we did this episode without the need for litigation, but I don't know. I mean, it's just a counterfactual. And, and one that's non-responsive, right? That's prior to filing. Had I done something different, mm-hmm. Tarek wouldn't have made some mistake. I'm talking about once I filed, yeah. given where we are now, was there a oh. was there a less expensive way of handling it than you actually sure, did? Sure, we could have gone pro se. Yeah, we could have done a motion to dismiss on the jurisdictional. Yeah, I mean, we had all those arguments. Uh, you know, I think you had some problems uh, based on the way the case law was going. I think you know, I don't think that the sort of Iqbal, uh, you know, world where, you know, they, the judge can take a lot more into consideration in terms of context. You know, I don't think many of your claims were particularly uh, compelling. You know, you got, you got a couple that I think you could have made the case that maybe it was defamatory. But overall, you know, between the sort of jurisdictional and other issues and the ability to kind of raise the merits now on 12b6, we we were fully prepared uh, to file a motion in lieu of response. Um, I just felt that it was not responsible uh, for me as, you know, an adult human, uh, you know, to just, you know, leap in reactively to the breach. And I wanted to speak to somebody mindful of the old maxim that, uh, uh, you know, you have a fool for a lawyer or whatever when you represent yourself. I wanted to speak to somebody who who could give us the... And Tark's not bullshitting you when he said that his chief concern was, you know countering speech with more speech that was always what he said from the first time he said it's like we should just have the guy on from the first time from the first time this came up we should just have him on if that's like we would love to turn this into content obviously uh what if that's what he wants and maybe we can just talk it out and maybe he can you know uh cause pricks for where we were and we can you know take it on the chin we can hit him back and maybe we can just have a a frank conversation if that's where this is all going to end i i don't want to miss the chance of that by uh just filing a boring motion uh, because that that's that's better for that's better for us, yeah. and uh, so he's not bullshitting you because that was always the the background of our conversations. If anybody was pushing more to just file the motion, it was me. Especially our lawyer was also dead set against uh, any any resolution that involved uh, you know an ongoing post resolution relationship. <laughs> he with did you. not think highly <laughs> yeah. of this suggestion. Yeah. This yeah. is against it. Really, yeah. So we, we, we settled with you against counsel's advice. But for me, yeah. I felt that where we landed, while I didn't necessarily understand all of the ins and outs of what you were after, I felt that it was the, the, the most equitable uh, way uh, to get us to across the finish line. And I was happy with the settlement and the way that we approached it. Our lawyer was not crazy about it. I only take offense at one thing, which is... Of course, uh, you know, representing that somehow you could have got out cheaper uh, through all that extra stuff you're talking about where you, you know, project that possibly you would have won and not won. I mean, believe me, it is my job to make sure that you mm-hmm. and everyone else knows that there is no way you could have got out cheaper than this right here. I'm not sure what it would have risked on my side. I'm just letting you know. 
I think they could have won on 12v6. I think, you know, I think the presence of Killshot Cass uh, would probably throw a little bit of water on our, uh, what would have obviously been our attempt to paint you as a wild-eyed lunatic, uh, wasting the court's time with, with, with personal grudge material. Uh, you know, I think that, that, that certainly then, you know, would have, I, I think you, you having a lawyer, you know, you know, it was not, you know, not Lewis Brisbois. I mean, they, I've, I've worked with them in the past, you know, it's not, they're not a, they're not a fake law firm. Um, I think that, you know, it probably would have made life more difficult for us. Uh, but I think we could have probably gotten her where she needed to get in terms of there's no, there's no here here in addition to the significant jurisdictional problems that this case proposes. But the problem is, the problem is, the problem is, um, I don't think that you would have just said, okay, fine, you know, in, in that event, you know, who knows what would have happened, but let's say that happened. You would not have, I, I said to Andy very early on, we are going to have this man in our lives for the rest of our lives. Uh, you know, if, <laughs> if, 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 if history is, is, is any example. Um, so I, I, I have no doubt that you would have pursued us uh, with every possible vigor uh, that you could summon. I, I also knew enough, I think, about about you in my own internal mind palace, you know, my sort of my mental construct of Edward Coach Winehouse, to know you were probably having fun with it. Um, and we were not having fun with it. You know, so right there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> One of the conversations we had early was I listened to some other podcast you had been on, and I was like, the complaint is kind of zany. It's what I mean. You'll admit this. It's it's zany, but it doesn't match with the guy who's on this podcast. The guy on the podcast is thoughtful. He's quick. He's responsive. He's clearly educated. He's better educated than I am. It doesn't match. So yeah, it seems like he's just fucking kicking it around. I mean, that's exactly you know that's exactly right. Now I do want to say one thing. You mentioned a name of another law firm, which is is fine. I think they have sixteen hundred attorneys. But the uh, the nickname for Jeffrey Cass is one I have given. Yeah. So if you repeat it. Just know that's say what I call him. You call him. That's on you. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm only repeating what, what, what I heard and, from and, Coach. And, 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 Mr. No, Cast, don't exactly, sue us. But I was, uh, sorry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, he he knows I call him that, and the reason is is because he has worked in front of that judge before. Uh, I have another case. I still have another case in front of that judge. So there were some tactical issues involved, sort of with the judges. Uh, involved in where we were filing and and how we were approaching it. So meaning okay. once I got Judge Perry, I knew I needed Jeff. I have got to jump in with this thing because, like I said, I wrote this motion and it's not going anywhere. But <laughs> it was a there was a fucking research nugget in there that was just so beautiful that it, it finally did at least relieve my stress about the litigation, not any foregoing problems that might have followed us forever if we hadn't find, figured out a way to settle it. But the controlling decision on jurisdiction in this particular type of situation written by the uh, by the Eighth Circuit was written by a district court judge sitting by designation, and it was Judge Perry. She wrote the fucking decision that we were going to cite from the Eighth Circuit. We were going to be citing it back to her. I was like, dude, we are gold, man. We are super gold. <laughs> And you know I don't mind losing on jurisdiction. I know you don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I know you don't mind losing yeah. at all. <laughs> this is why we said you kicked our asses in the other way, right? Like it didn't. You For you, losing is a, just a another judgment. step along the way to winning. And you know? so I, I, I get that. <laughs> um, but you know, we were, you know, again, we were not necessary. There were times I would say that grading it on a scale. There were some of us who were having more fun than others. I was probably having more fun with it 
than anybody else was. Um, because I actually did very much appreciate a lot of this complaint. And Andy did too, but Andy's a far more uh, conscientious uh, and professional lawyer than me. So he was he was more uh, serious about it. But uh, I, I did enjoy it. Uh-huh this uh at times they, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna out you here you can delete this later if you want Tarek is often as everybody who listens to our podcast that likes us knows Tarek's off a you know big job in france and he was like i shouldn't be fucking worrying about this i should yeah, be yeah. having the time of my life and i'm staying up late trying to figure out if we have a problem with this goddamn litigation That's right. <laughs> so so at least at, at least at the outset at least at the outset i think all of us were a little bit stressed and then, you know, we, we found a place to you know, put it to bed in our mind like you do with any kind of stress, you know, because we're grownups. So I guess to give a little bit of context to some of the things we're talking about, though, uh, we're talking about the fact that Mr. Wine, uh, Coach, sorry, uh, is a resident of the state of Missouri. Um, and or I, I also wasn't clear if you had a California residence in there somewhere. Uh, and uh, I am a resident or was a resident at all times – uh, relevant of New York and others were residents of other states. So uh, there is the ability to bring, uh, you know, the, uh, those, those sorts of diversity cases where people live in different states uh, in federal court. And then the question is whether or not that court has jurisdiction. Now, from, from my point of view, I sat in my apartment in Brooklyn and made a bunch of sarcastic statements about coach uh, there. I put it on the internet uh, is putting it on the internet and those facts, those statements reaching into the state of Missouri by virtue of being on the internet, is that sufficient to require me to be hauled in front of uh, the court in Missouri? And so that's kind of what we're talking about. There, there are arguments in favor of that. You know, if you're going to pick a fight in Missouri, you better be prepared to defend it in Missouri. There are others that say, you know, in the internet age, there needs to be more. Uh, and, you know, Coach, I think you were obviously sensitive to some of that because you you you, you took a lot of uh, pains of pointing out uh you know our intentional uh provocations uh of of missouri missourians uh and uh, and and the great state of missouri including that i had mispronounced uh the name uh, of the state i think we should hop into the complaint i think we should yeah i think, I, we should I think hear... so too but let's let's not say you mispronounce if i ever run for governor there are two ways to there are two ways to pronounce Missouri, Missouri and Missouri. What I took offense at was that you affiliated pronouncing it as Missouri with people uh, lacking in intelligence or sophistication. Oh, wait, wait. You don't even dispute that that's a normal way to pronounce it? I didn't it? say. I Absolutely didn't, I not. Didn't, Absolutely not. That's in the complaint. God, it's very God. specific. I didn't say that this, this is how dummies pronounce it. I said. Andy, you're not pronouncing it correctly uh, because I've been to Missouri and I, I can now admit this freely because I wasn't going to admit this before based on uh, the, the contacts I have with Missouri. I have significant yeah, yeah. contacts with the state I've of Missouri. I've been to Missouri many like times and, and I was told I that, that, you know, we, that, that Missouri is a way that the insiders pronounce it. I was genuinely – and there's also that Simpsons bit where the Grandpa Simpsons is like, I'll be in the cold, cold ground before I re- recognize the state of Missouri. Uh, so, you know, I was just – 
just riffing on the fact that there is this other pronunciation. I wasn't intending to cast the, re- the, the, the residents and citizens of the fine state of Missouri, including obviously the Honorable <laughs> Catherine Perry of the Eastern District of Missouri, as, as, as rubes. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was simply okay, let correcting me, let me, Hang on, I'm jumping in here. This is, this is all in response to a request for equitable relief that Coach puts in his complaint, which I'm just going to read straight from it. I'm assuming there's no objection. And, and this is paragraph 89, uh, subparagraph. For those 89. reading along That's at home. right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Defendants shall be enjoined from pronouncing, quote, Missouri without a, quote, long E sound at the end on alobseries.com podcast going forward if used in a manner intended to imply lack of intelligence or other negative cognitive attribute <laughs> or in any mocking faction whatsoever and then eg and we have what is it what do you call this kind of characterization that you put here an international phonetic alphabet uh and he's he's giving acceptable permissible uh pronunciations that we are allowed to use and he wants the court to enter an order requiring <laughs> This is one place where you start to know that we are being fucked yeah. up. The of the well, listen, if I'm going for jurisdiction in Missouri, I mean, I got to go all yeah. in, guys. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> we did read it as that, 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 that that's what you were targeting. <laughs> that, I, was, I, was, I was counseled against that for <laughs> sanctions by many, many attorneys. I'm like, I. This correctly, is what I correctly. Yeah, I think <laughs> this is. I like. This is what I want. So I'm going to ask her. The court can disregard requests for remedies at its discretion. <laughs> Andy knows that I also am a big, big believer uh, in the power of home cooking. Right. Uh, you know. I think uh, you look at the Gawker case, right, where uh, Gawker went down there and and had to face local boy Hulk Hogan in front of a Tampa jury. Oh yeah, yeah You know, yeah. and they just they walked. They left that court. You know, wearing a barrel with suspenders, right? You know, so I respect the fact that you were trying to gin up some home cooking uh, against us with here with this. I I did feel like we could we could have used that one uh, against you a little bit on the other side, but I I respect what you were doing. And I think it sent the signal that there's something beyond the elements of the counts that needs to be discussed, and whether that's some sort of public fracas. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a settlement where we have a podcast. Yeah, afterwards. it ultimately did did serve that that purpose. I think to a court, it just sends a signal where we can just go, look, this guy's not taking it seriously. You don't need to think anything else about this. Just dismiss the case for these legal reasons. But to us, it does communicate like, yeah, I don't, something's not entirely serious about this. Yes. So that, yeah, this is a 31-page tour de force that was filed in the Eastern District of Missouri. Uh, we talked a little bit about Judge Perry. I think you got a bad pull there. Would you agree? I mean, I, I think uh, as I, everything I heard about Judge Perry is she does not suffer fools. Uh, you know, and there were some uh, Trump judges and some other folks who, you know, might have not cottoned to fancy big city slicker looks like us uh, uh, attacking Judge Scalia's uh, clerks and Jones Day and those sorts of things. So Yeah, he could have called us leftists yeah, and all yeah. that. So yeah. I, I don't know that you got a great pull with her, but I don't know your thinking on that one. Again, my, you know, it's uh, it's about the lawyer. Um, and so my access to uh, kill shot uh, made it feel like a great pull, but it did force my hand into my original intent was I want the public fracas. That's what I actually want. Getting the poll, and, and this complaint was written either way because you, I knew you guys would be you know, feeling the pain regardless because there's no way to avoid it. Yeah. Given 
given how you projected me to your listening audience in episode eight, I knew how you were going to be thinking about me. And so this plays into that. This is, you know, you know, this is someone who will go to the. Uh, end I see. Of the you were doing a little strategy here. You guys are underestimating me. You think strategy. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm crazy. Let me just. Let me just. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning into. Play the I'm going to lean into the crazy. Now, getting that poll, man. All right, I am, and so you're right. There was, a, but it, it then said, "All right, well, I have to go this way," and I knew this way. So, uh, you know, my favorite story about. Uh, you know, my, the attorney I chose is, is really in front of Judge Perry. So uh, it's well reported from about 20 years ago. So um, and so I, I it did force my hand on strategy, but but that made it a lot easier because from my end, not knowing which way we were going to go on the pin, whether you guys were going to represent yourself or not, or whether I was going to keep going that way or not, it made the decision for me. It made my, and, and I rested very easy after making that decision. I never <laughs> thought a thing about it. I knew how it was going to go. Uh, so in the summary, you, you, you make some characterizations of the podcast uh, that I have to say are, are spot on. Um, a group of enterprising <laughs> East Coast lawyer podcasters defamed the father, you, uh, while seeking to degrade his well-known law partner, ignoring the severity of abuse in the legal system and violating our ethical duties. <laughs> uh, and along the way, the lawyer podcasters falsely claimed that the plaintiff sued his own children and ignored the truth to aggrandize their own egos. You're absolutely right that the entire purpose of this podcast is to aggrandize our own egos. We're not making a dime <laughs> off of it. Uh, uh, that being said, that is a point of contention. Um, and again, I, I just want to clarify for the record. I think the statement, and this comes up in the complaint, where I say, you know, he took his family to Supreme Court or something like that. I did not mean in any way to imply that you had sued your own children. What I was saying was that you had taken this dispute out of the boundaries of the family court where it normally lives, and you had pursued it all the way up to cert and uh, the Supreme Court. I don't think that that itself is inaccurate, but I understand that the way that I put it, uh, you know, you, you either saw as me claiming that or you saw as an opening to characterize me as claiming that. I'm not sure which or if it's both, but uh, that was not what I meant to say uh, by any stretch of imagination. And I will say that is really the defense that the, the claim itself has some validation for which, you know, I'm not going to get sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, as you know, I measure certain claims that way. Yeah, wait, how, how do you put it? How do you put it? This- I, I, I will say, as I have expressed before, you know, I will file a legitimate claim, uh, you know, within the bounds of the, the responsible ethical duties of a licensed attorney, if I believe that the the, uh, the chance of getting sanctioned for it by a judge who finds, you know, me dislikable or whatever, uh, or the claim itself they don't like, or they like the defendant, if that chance is under 25%, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to pursue the claim if I think it's valid. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, yeah. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So the characterization of that um, is important, in, at least in context of when I filed the Supreme Court brief, because a day prior, I think, to the receipt by the Supreme Court, the Vola conspiracy, uh, which I think is on Reason.com, reported the Peters versus Peters case in Illinois, in Cook County, in the same. Just county. to stop that, this is Eugene Volokh's blog, right? The Volokh conspiracy, the, the right. free speech and, and, guy, and, and, who I think we covered on the, the on the uh, hard R episode, at least in yeah, passing. Right. So he, you know, we know each other because we both teach UCLA, and he's, you know, I mean, I'm not at his level by any stretch of the imagination, 
Uh, but I'm, you know, very, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of the content he produces. And I have emailed with him in the past about uh, ongoing, you know, uh, things that he writes about. And I sent him something about, wow, I couldn't bring myself to bring my own children to court. I just filed a brief at the Supreme Court yesterday. And I cited this Peters versus Peters case where a father had sued his own children. So within two months of that email to, you know, hear online the implication that ha- that had, in fact, exactly what, what I feel like you were saying yeah. felt to me like entirely within the bounds of, yeah, I have a real claim here. I mean, I'm absolutely mad if someone were to believe that that's what you were saying. And I think someone could believe that. I would never say, I mean, to be clear to my, to my children out there at the current time, uh, I would never sue my own children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Based on. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Based on facts known to me today, I would not sue you. I I can make the same promise to my own children. Yes. On the facts as known to me now. You know, Tark, we're fathers. What else are you going to do? Andy's a father, too. Although he's he's, he's well behind us in terms of, you've got babies. But I got got teenagers. I was late to this because I was at some kid's birthday. I may may yet sue one of my kids. But no, I, I. (laughs) <laughs> this is not part of the settlement, and I'm not saying this, uh, you know, because I'm being ordered by the court to, or some agreement to do so. That it was not my intention. I did not believe that you had sued your children, and to the extent that anyone heard it and heard me to say that, that was not what I meant. And kindly disabuse yourself of such a notion. Uh, Coach has never sued his children. Yeah, and and our our you know defense for that, which which came up in our initial like prep call, was that. Uh, you know, in defamation law under the First Amendment, if you have an innocent interpretation and you have a uh, defamatory interpretation, and both interpretations are sort of reasonable from the surface of it, uh, the innocent interpretation is generally going to control uh, because we want to give a wide berth to the freedom of speech. And what you said in response to that when we talked about it, we were not arguing about it, we were just sort of presenting kind of things we might go over. But what you said in response to that was like, yeah, but I don't care because. This is not a nice thing to talk about somebody suing their own kids. I care about my kids. My kids are important to me. And I know it was a throwaway joke for you guys. I get what you're saying. But I do, it didn't feel good. So, you know, eat it in the complaint. And like, yeah, I get that. I respect that. Yep, I did too. <laughs> I will say this. I did make, the, my to, to your point, I did make my children an issue uh, at uh, the the lowest court in the land, um, uh, or the lowest court of of jurisdiction over them, and at the highest court, and I will do it with their teachers and their schools and anyone else. They're my children. It's my job. So I'm not. Wor- I mean, I have no apologies to right. make about trying to help my own children, nor would I ever. Um, you know, the decisions I make to do that are as as flawed as every other parent's. Uh, so you know. Whether or not that was advisable or not is different. But in, the, in this particular instance, the issue that my children were subjected to was so out of the ordinary uh, that it's never happened before. At least certainly not, uh, you know, again, as you guys will appreciate the reference, since the Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen to our first episode, that joke's not going to land for you. Uh, it was also in the complaint reference, just for just for the, yeah. your listeners. <laughs> Yeah, so like I'll probably not agree at any time that it was actionable, but I think it was. I think the way you've explained it to me, understand? Uh, are you? Are you? You can definitely take exception to it, and I think your point stands. Yeah. Coach, tell us 
what you want to tell us in terms of what we got wrong or what you think was left out or context that would have been important or that you would want the listeners to have heard. First of all, I don't want to, I don't want to be trashing, uh, any particular judge mm-hmm. at, uh, at any given time in the context of this particular podcast today. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be doing that. Um, I do run the, the largest judicial misconduct news site in the country, abuse of discretion. So I'm more than happy to, to address it through, um, you know, a public record news source of, you know, independent journalists. Um, but I'm not going to talk about, you know, the, the, the judge that, you know, has what I, I very openly put in here. You know, has harmed my children through, you know, I would say being slightly careless, if nothing else. Well, that's good um, because one of the things I don't want is to get sued by anybody <laughs> listening yeah. to this podcast. Well, I, 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 I gladly would indemnify you against uh, against uh, that against that particular judge suing yes. you. And I look forward to you being my associate and I work for free yeah. on defending you in that case. Were that to happen... It would be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Look, if I have to get tangled um, so, up in another litigation involving you, Coach, uh, I would much rather be uh, in that kind of context on the same side of the V, my friend. So uh, more than happy. But <laughs> wait, let me let me take issue here for a second. Do you I, when I when I hear the word indemnify, I think you're going to pay for my lawyer. I don't think you're showing up to be. That's not an alternative option for you to show up and be my lawyer. I'm sending you the bill, man. Listen, Andy, I, I, I think I hear what you say, and I think that's a that's actually that's actually a disagreement. We could absolutely yeah. have uh, rectified by Judge Perry or her replacement. Yeah. Uh, you know, when she when she retires, if you'd like to litigate that, I mean, I'm certainly open to discussing that with you formally or informally. However, you guys want to. You do have it. one chance, Andy, to discuss it with him. <laughs> you have one informally. opportunity to as your attorney. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that, that's a that's a tone of voice and a reaction I often have. That's yeah. not that's not I mean I, I didn't have to practice that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's go. It's paragraph sixty one with like nine hundred subparts. It's not nine hundred. I, I think I get in trouble at least at one point in here where I say like the <laughs> So let's back off that. There are approximately if I can even do it there. Well, he's lettered them, so he's what's, made what's it. I, he's, the, I is the ninth letter, so there are nine subparagraphs here of of uh, alleg- allegedly defamatory statements. Okay, so the first one that you cite is that Edward Coach Winehouse is probably the biggest pimp. Was a statement made on the that was Utah. Thanks for this. I want again to clarify, in the spirit of full disclosure, that this was meant as a compliment. Um, and I hope that you don't take this the wrong way, but uh, you're appearing here, uh, and being a good sport, uh, as you as in having a fun conversation is only confirming to me what I already knew on this, which is that you are it is pretty pimp. pimp. Well, I I don't think I want to address sixty one A at this time. Uh, in the thing. I hear what you I I hear what you have to say. I'd like to think about if I, if you don't yeah. mind. Like you guys are professionals at this. I'm only about to be a professional at this once this is a successful airing podcast. So let me think about how I would think about that one. Um, and maybe I'll maybe before we close the podcast, I will have a response there to that. And I I would probably I mean I think our our, our official response probably would have been something like this is just hy- you know the rhetorical hyperbole of the kind that's always permitted. Also, I'm from Brooklyn, so you know the court can take judicial notice that that's a compliment uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't think there's a reasonable reading of what you said that alleges that you were an actual. Yeah, I I I again I I think uh, under 
defamation law, as I understand, it has to be a statement of fact, falsifiable facts. <laughs> so if I said that you were, you know, caught sex trafficking in 1993 or something, yeah, yeah. then I think maybe you would have had. You're done. But I, I don't. I think I'm allowed uh, to say that you were pimping. But I respect the fact that this is a great way to lead because uh, an old federal judge is probably not going to read this in Biggie Smalls' voice. Uh, and take it in its hip hop <laughs> terms, and it's probably oh, called him a pimp. Like you know, I could certainly see somebody spluttering and, and grabbing their jewels. So right away, you know, you're pulling at the heartstrings of the reader uh, with this one. I also do love allegations. As you know, a defense attorney, I do love allegations where it's really easy to state and a fucking pain in the ass to describe what you yeah. meant, right? Because then we're trying to say, well, you know, in the 1990s, it was a common statement. And if you, you see this reference, like, it's just a ridiculous thing to try to explain to somebody. Yeah, I know. It, 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 the, when the, his, his averment is two sentences and my explanation is, is three paragraphs. <laughs> I'm already, I'm yeah, already right, good. You're fucked. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the <laughs> coaches taking his ex-wife, and again, that is not what we did. We did not mean so. Paragraph B, I believe we've covered. There, no, there's actually a clarification in that, and this is really important that my you know uh, future wife, who I haven't met yet, knows. Um, uh, you know, it's important that she will she will <laughs> know this. I had already received full primary residential custody of one of my kids by the time we went to the Supreme Court, and so I had tried to drop. Uh, any action against my, my uh, the blessed mother of my children, to whom I owe a debt of eternal gratitude, uh, and her mother, um, in uh, in footnotes, you know, one and two of what I filed with the Supreme Court, uh, all the filings with the Supreme Court, that they were not a part of this. So I was like, wait a minute, you know, I like if I'm ever gonna you know get married again, like it's pretty important to me that someone know, like I'm a pretty reasonable person, right? If you if you're gonna start giving me my children, like. Uh, so that I can help take care of them for us, they're our children, then I absolutely don't want to sit and fight anymore. I want to figure out how we're going to make this work yeah. so our, our kids can have a happy and successful lives. Um, and so that was an, that actually was pretty important to me. And and in case you're curious, was was a setup, but I didn't know for whom yet. <laughs> hey, ha. Boy, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I'm going to ding you on C. Yeah, great. I love it. Uh, d- ding away, man. Okay, so in C, the statement is, uh, Coach has somehow mortgaged his home to keep it from, and you put in brackets, his ex-wife, and is using the money to fund uh, San Monica Pellers, which was the firm at issue in that, in that episode. And uh, what what Tark said was, Coach somehow mortgaged his home to keep it from Karen, and he's using the money to fund the firm. And the part, the thing I'm going to dig out here is the the first part of that sentence. Tark is saying, you know, I see that he's the money behind this, and the only thing I can think is maybe he's mortgaging the home That's not I, to keep I, it I from think, Karen. I think I said my my only theory is, and my only theory, right, and. You know, I think this gets back into something that Coach was saying before, which was, you know, okay, okay, we're not recognizing what he's bringing to the table, and that in and of itself was, you know, disrespectful or whatever. And I think that that's probably right. But I was saying that my only theory was that he was, you know, funding the operation. And I, the joke that I was telling was that uh, he had mortgaged his home. But um, 
you know, you did kind of selectively edit out the part where I was saying this was my theory. You changed it from a tentative statement to a claim of fact. And the, the, the reason I would ding you on it is just that I've argued in front of, you know, I argue in front of a, there's a coterie of federal judges that I'm in front of all the time. And I can't think of a one of them who wouldn't rip my head off and shit in my neck <laughs> if I fucking tried this in front of them. I mean, just execution, maybe right there in the court. Hmm. Okay, that would have been very interesting to read in your very well detailed motion to dismiss. I really, I probably would have phrased this. I would have phrased it a little bit. I don't have the recording next to me to play that out loud, but I, I guess if you say that you would have won on that, that's really wonderful to be talking about on, on my podcast. Oh, are we? Uh, are we? Are, wait, wait, are, are we starting to ding each other on legal writing here, Coach? Um, no, actually, what we're doing is we're talking about how I won my home in my divorce. Actually. <laughs> All right, all right. Give us your side. Give us your side. Give it up. Wait, and the Illinois Trial Court Divorce Digest talked about it. Wife Strikes Out. Issue 7 in Wife Strikes Out. Where's the link? Why isn't this included as an exhibit? I never saw this article. I wanted the link. Yeah, it's funny because it was sent to me at the time. And so I always have to Google in my email to find it. And I don't have it for whatever reason. I mean, the, the headline's funny enough. And I have the... and I. I think I have, if you guys, if you'd read, I didn't send you any of my pre-show notes, but I do have the cover page that shows it. It shows the case and case number in the headline. It's not the story itself. It, well, I believe out. it overcredits my former counsel. And but, undercredits um, you. Particularly on the house issue. <laughs> but you won You won the house. Uh, and it's, I, I think you say in the complaint, you didn't need to mortgage your house. Uh, and I just want to say, I am not implying that you did mortgage house it was a throwaway joke about keeping the house from karen uh which may or may not have landed depending on my audience apparently didn't land with you but there's a well wait i I think you're missing the point here please okay on on my litigation strategy you seem to think that everything i wrote every single one needs to be absolutely 100 percent rebutted and full and i'm equally angry about all of them (laughs) Okay, I do not approach litigation that way, right? Only it only has to be true enough to make a valid claim and can add to the claim. And if you have to spend money to respond to why it's not, I'm happy to learn. I mean, uh, the best <laughs> teachers are are you know lifetime learners. That's right. So, 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 I I believe that you made a claim here that I had somehow at least that I was either so broke. Or had to mortgage my home, which was absolutely findable information, absolutely public record that I hadn't. I had won the house, had won it in the divorce, had been quipclated to me right afterwards. All, all was right sitting right there. And you disparage like my financial acumen, which is part of my actual profession. And that would have been my response. Nonetheless, there's like a whole paragraph of this. I mean, half a page worth of content um, that you guys would have had to have like addressed to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh partially with well he sort of misquoted it but you know the response to that would have been okay the relative to all five of the counts you know the misquoting doesn't change the tone and the nature of it which was to disparage me financially which was really what yeah, you but, were doing but, here, but the thing is i think and we could get into like a philosophical discussion about free speech and defamation law defamation i'm free to disparage you all day and you're free to disparage me um, what I can't do is make false, falsifiable statements about you that cause you damage. You know, and in this case, if I'm saying my only theory is that the guy mortgaged the house, you know, like 
that is definitionally within the four corners of the statement, not a statement of fact. You know, if I say, you know, again, you 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 killed a guy behind the Arby's, you know, in 1992, you know, like those are things that will cause you damage and, and be, you know, falsifiable statements of fact. That's the same example you used in the Ian Samuel episode. Did you kill a guy behind an Arby's in 1992? No, that's my classic example. <laughs> Because somebody somebody used this. Uh, that really jumps no, to mind. No, huh? This is like literally a tweet that somebody made uh, about a guy uh, years ago, uh, and it's just always stuck with me because I was like, "This is classic defamation." But you know, you um, right. I I can I can say that I think you're terrible at lawyering, or what I can't do is go around telling lies. Uh, about you. Yeah, I think this is a great point. And I think you probably would have won if that were the context of which this this paragraph had it lived by itself. Absolutely winnable on that mm-hmm. point. I can see that. But let me ask you a hypothetical as I, I would ask my students. Let's say before you say that, you say, I've done my research. I've hired someone else to do research for me. We do our research. We do this. And my only theory is this. Right, you've made a different representation about what you've done than just what you no, said. No, I, I right? think in, in that context, I think I think there's a reason why uh, <laughs> that's the way. I mean, you know, we live in a time where people just say the most outrageous shit about each other now, and I we're guilty of that as well sometimes. But well, I'm not I'm not suggesting I'm mad. No, about I know. What I'm suggesting is my argument to respond to it would be: we're all practicing attorneys. Uh, we are all in the same profession, potentially competing for the same business. Um, you you claim, made a claim about a bunch of research you did, and your only theory was this. And there's a higher level of, rep- of representation and standard when it comes to trade speech. And I believe this because it attacked certain things, it, like it was a valid claim in that regard. Now, maybe that that is more relevant to count five than count one. I don't know. I mean, certainly that's something we could have you could have uh, addressed in your reply to my response to your motion to dismiss. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I had a valid argument. I don't know that I would have won. I will say this, returning to the pimp point from subparagraph A, suing somebody for defaming you for failure to recognize that you make money moves, buddy, that's that's more more evidence that A is true. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. That's a pimp maneuver. You guys are you guys are just you guys are just piling on on point A. It's really really causing me positive. I'm sorry. It's just right. We didn't we didn't respect the fact that you kick ass in business and you fucking sued us over it. That's a pimp ass yeah. move. I don't know what to no, tell you. I mean, again, you 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 did pimp slap us. Be be you a pimp or no? You know, we we received what could only be described as a pimp slap in the form of the document that we are reviewing right now. Um. Okay, but moving on. Uh, the next one is uh, I think Andy, and I, I agree. Oh, Andy absolutely defamed you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this one this one annoyed me. So this is no. Why did it annoy you? Because you were the speaker? No, no. It annoyed me because I was not clear in the way I was speaking. I don't mind the exaggeration. The statement for the listeners is: uh, Coach is filing seventy five motions in the seven in the Seventh Circuit. Now this is a heavily edited version of what I said. I said Coach is filing like seventy five motions, uh, and I did not say in the Seventh Circuit. But he's got a nice little move here, which is that. I jumbled together in my discussion of the, the 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 family court case at the state level, the federal court case, and then the the appellate court. I did not 
I did not distinguish between them as I'm making these statements and I'm doing run-on sentences to discuss this. And so when I say filing 75 motions, I'm referring to uh, a cadre of motions, a, a lot of motions. So, that yeah, filed filing at the like court. a million motions. You know, like, uh, that, uh, yeah, there were two. There were two like tranches of motions that were that were filed at the uh, in the custody case or in in the in the family domestic court. Yeah, seventy-five but, is a, is an under is an no. understatement. That's <laughs> your count. Just to be right. just to right. be clear, right? So I was so I was referring to that. But when you listen to my statement, it could kind of sound like maybe I'm talking about the appellate court case. And I don't. So the reason I was annoyed at it is that I should have been more exacting in my statement. Now I don't think there's any defamatory additional uh, quality that attaches to the fact that I might have claimed it about the Seventh Circuit rather than the domestic court. You're, you know, as an attorney or whatever, you're bound to treat both courts with respect. But I was annoyed because this is another one of those allegations where I can say, look, he's leaving out the tentative nature. It's an obvious joke and an exaggeration, rhetorical hyperbole. But my response to this has to then be like, you know, two pages as I explain, well, there were three cases and I was really referring to one of the cases. And although my statement isn't super clear about that, I think it's clear from the record. And then I attach 45 exhibits. That's not a way to get out of litigation. That's yeah. Not like a, that's not a way you just, you can win. That's on called it, litigation. Yeah. That's called litigation. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that's why I was annoyed because I wish that I had been more careful in my statement. Um, not because well, I didn't and, think you filed I, a lot of motions. You did file. Yeah, a lot of I, I mean, I did file a lot of motions in the state court. I, I think for a, a typical, um, for a typical uh, uh, appeal, I probably also filed a lot of motions. Um, I mean, there's no question about that. The I, I the only thing I take issue is I didn't really I don't I don't misquote people. Uh, so I definitely didn't misquote anyone. What I put in the brackets might have been like maybe you didn't mean in the Seventh Circuit, but that that certainly was what it it sounded like to me. Um, but you left because out that's like. what we were. I said like seventy five. Oh, I don't I don't know that that's true. I, oh, I, I, I do, buddy. I listened to it oh, seven hundred times. I would have I would have I would have amended on that. I mean, personally, if I had I known that, what I would have done in your shoes immediately. By the way. I don't even know why you didn't do this. It's just a mistake. You guys are just, you were under counsel. No, no offense to Mr. Sableman. Um, but the, uh, I would have filed a rule 11. I would have done rule 11 right then and there. We, 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 we talked, talked we, all about, no, no, here's we the, talked here's all the thing. through stuff the like this. There's another, there's another sort of philosophical issue here. And which is, I did not want this case to be interesting. I wanted this to be a boring case about, one lawyer crank suing a bunch of other lawyer cranks. Uh, and I wanted it to go away. I didn't want to get into interesting questions about, you know, rule 11 or whether the conduct was sanctionable slap is slap substantive or procedural. And this is, does his assertion of a California claim give us an opportunity. There's a million things we could have done. Uh, but my fear was that somebody would get interested in the case. I wanted them to be annoyed yeah. and I wanted them to throw it away. Uh, and things like Rule Eleven, it just I I and the other thing is I I sincerely hoped I, I think Sableman did say to Killshot Cass uh, Sableman being our lawyer, uh, which who, by the way uh, look up Mark Sableman uh, uh, and on the on his website, uh, dear listener, uh, and tell me this is not exactly the guy you want when Coach comes gunning for you. Uh, in your side, but uh, just his his whole demeanor uh, yeah, to to help to help make friend to help make friends exactly, with coach exactly exactly sure, so we sure. so we I, I think Sableman did allude to the fact that there was some rule elevenable stuff you know to cast and if we really have to get into this blah 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 but I mean 
We were trying to take a conciliatory approach. This is not a serious case. Uh, we don't think we think it will be a failure if reasonable adults can't resolve this. You know that was the approach we wanted to take, and and yeah, and rule, yeah. Le- te- leading off with a Rule Eleven motion from there is that that going to get us to this podcast episode? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, actually, what what it would have done had you decided to go that route is to it would have signaled to me that you were serious about going forward. Um. It, you mean we're willing to spend? I would have just amended it because if you're right, and it sounds like you are, and I'll just leave that unchallenged. I, I, yeah, but I gotta say, I, I think I'm right, right just in case, but I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. Let's just say you're right. Yeah, I left out like that's a mistake. I'm going to put it back in here. He said this. I would have either just taken that paragraph out and said, "Good, let's go. Thank you." Uh, and let's because Rule Eleven will give me the opportunity to do that because there's certainly nothing intentional, nor would I ever intentionally do that. So uh, just to clarify, yeah, my sure. other big fear, and this gets into it. I would, uh, maybe fear is the wrong word. Uh, one thing I wanted to avoid was you amending. I wanted to join this complaint. I almost we almost answered, um, and then twelve C. <laughs> yeah. you. Wait, what? What did you want to avoid? I didn't want it? you amending this complaint. I wanted to join issue on this complaint. My concern when Cass came in was that he was going to file a grown-up complaint, uh, you know, without all the fun stuff in it, uh, and then it was gonna it was gonna be very very boring, very dry, and then we were gonna be the freaks. Like, well, don't but actually what we said, we were like, um, and he was gonna be because I was worried. I was always worried that you were gonna turn it off. You were gonna turn off Coach Winehouse, and you were gonna bring in Edward Winehouse uh, Esquire. Uh, and right. you were going to file a seven-page pleading that was factually unimpeachable. Yeah, undismissible. And that there was no kind of way that we could put into the record that, no, no, the guy's a, the guy's a quack, you know, and, and, and tar you with that brush. Uh, and when you came in with this, I mean, we talked about many of the signals that it sent other things. I very much wanted this to be the complaint that you were stuck with. Uh, and so I, that was another reason why you amending it would have been not something we were excited about at all. So I, I want to understand the seven-page complaint tactic, like the clean – like I've, I actually have one of those, a one-count complaint, very straightforward, single issue in federal mm-hmm. court. So I know how to do that. Um, but what you're suggesting, would mm-hmm. that complaint have left out – my student reviews in Exhibit A and B showing how amazing <laughs> yeah, a what a, lecture I am. Absolutely. Or, made, or, or it, wait a minute. Or, or wait a minute. The first of now two federal uh, federal court uh, orders that uh, somehow affects um, the divorce court judge in one manner or another, potentially, uh, in Exhibit C. Or the letter from a licensed member of the attorney bar that talks about divorce court judge like not allowing me to talk to an attorney during a trial. Or the custody order showing that uh, the court's handing me my children. Is probably, like, are you telling me a complaint that didn't have those things? Would in have it? been stronger, yeah. In my opinion, Would absolutely. I was not. I, I, yeah. This, but do, this. But which do you think? Which do you think I cared about? Right. Yeah. No, it's clear. Jeff I mean, it's super clear. Been, Jeff Cass would have been fired. Okay, that's what would happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that. he, I think he may have wanted to step. Cause we, we were thinking like he has to amend because he can't join some of this stuff. Like he can't put his name on some of this stuff. But maybe we'll just settle and it'll never come up, and that's ultimately what happened. But we did kind of wonder if we were to go forward. I think he's going to have to insist on an amendment or leave. Yeah, possible. Again, my assumption was that you were going to your intentions were to enjoy causing me psychic pain for as many years as you could possibly do it because you were mad. And that I don't think that that was a correct read, but that was my read. 
and that you know you do this for fun, yeah. and that you were going to torment us uh, for as long as you could. And my concern again was that you were going to give me nothing to work with, you know, in the in the court to say, look, Your Honor, this is obviously, you know, uh, this is obviously frivolous, and you know the 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 fun stuff in here. I think could have been leveraged against you, especially in front of a serious judge. That's all. And I think, and I think that's right. I think the the, the main mistake you guys made, which I was <laughs> counting on, was was that you thought it was about you. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, but a bunch of East Co- enterprising East Coast yeah, grandizing yeah, exactly. egos would would do that. Yeah, wouldn't exactly. they? they would do that. Typical. Well, as Typical. the defendants <laughs> in a case, sometimes you do think it's about you. <laughs> I did see my name. But sometimes there. coach, but so- <laughs> but sometimes sometimes coach just wants to tell the hero story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All you all you 1Ls out there. Yeah. This is this is <laughs> definitely do this. Do this. You can do this. Okay, so there are many other statements. Um, those were the first few. Are there any that you are, really do want to hit and talk about either Coach or Andy? There's a couple things that I think are important about, like, why I went to law school. And, mm-hmm. if, you know, this is about lawyers for law school students. I was um, – and, and at the same time I was going through uh, dissolution proceedings, I was involved in some, you know, business-related uh, litigation. And I went to I went to law school to deal with that. Right. Um, which has been ongoing for eight and a half years, which is his own uh, story. And I don't have anything bad to say about anybody involved in it other than, you know, I intend to win um, and, and working with counsel in many and uh, what is a series of now four cases um, and likely a fifth if settlement isn't reached. And I went to law school for that. The, the stuff with my the blessed mother of my children to whom I owe a debt of eternal gratitude is, was not the purpose of going to law school. Um, not in any way, shape, or form, and if and and so I just want that to be. Clear. Right, right. I think there were a lot of people also on the other side of let's say seventy-five ish or more emotions who also believed it was about them, and it, it just wasn't. Um, and so I think that's important for my future wife to know too, uh, whom I haven't met yet. <laughs> this podcast episode is a love letter to your future wife. <laughs> Well, the, the complaint is a love letter. <laughs> the man, the man can write a love letter. Uh, you went to I mean, no, but you went to regular law school. You got an LLM, and now you're getting a JST. Right? It's apparent that you've got you've got deeper problems than just uh, just your ex-wife. Uh, uh, if you're going to that much law school, I can't support yeah, that yeah, decision. Yeah. You know, I got I got another degree in there too. Uh, at the same time as the LLM and the JD, but that's a different. That's a topic for a different day. We don't have a, a high view of the legal, the legal profession. So I, I'm wondering how much law school uh, is 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 appropriate for one man. But you know, you obviously have a love for it and are doing it for reasons that go well beyond. I think any one particular case that 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 is apparent from your educational footprint as of this point. There is an incredibly weak claim in here, which you guys did point out in the pre-call about <laughs> the uh, six criminal complaints. But oh, I don't know man. if you want to talk about that. Now, it's not wrong. It's just incredibly weak. I. I think it's actually even wrong, but you said so. So in in sub F, you say uh, the offending statement is coach filed six criminal complaints with the police against his ex wife. 
and you said this is false uh, because the defendants are parroting an intentionally false statement, and you said the detective filed the six citations against uh, Coach's ex-wife prior to the divorce decree. Um, and so you kind of split the hair there to say this is a criminal citation filed by the detective, not filed by me. Um, and then you include some Dropbox to s- certain calls, uh, like call recordings. I guess they're like 911 calls. And That's correct. So my <laughs> my issue here <laughs> is that the so the motion for sanctions at the appellate level had a very extensive appendix and that's and the motion for sanctions is ultimately where half this stuff is coming from uh, probably more than half of this stuff is coming from when we talk in the mm-hmm. when we talk in the episode and the thing that i'm looking at is a thing that says criminal complaint i mean it says complaint at the bottom it's got the detective and it says complainant and it's got your name and it's got the detective you reference i mean that's a criminal complaint so the 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 quote was just you know let's just pretend we're lawyers <laughs> um, was that I filed six criminal complaints. Oh my god! <laughs> I did. I did. I was investigated first as a potential target, which is what those calls are about. Because the calls deserve, that that's how the investigation got started. Which the calls are their own story. Uh, again, thankfully, a thing in the past. Um, I was investigated. And once the investigator got involved, like I reported, I reported the facts that led to the detective filing them. So I did report the information, but I was first the target of an investigation. The irony of the situation is it turned into complaints against the original complainant. So you may or may not know that. The other thing you may or may not know, and I have had uh, there's different it works differently in different states in Illinois. An individual can file a criminal complaint. There is such a thing. So, uh, and I uh, gave the form number of Cook County's uh, f- form zero six five four in Cook yep. County, where you can file a misdemeanor complaint against someone else with the court. You can actually do that. I didn't do that. Now, in Missouri, in that other litigation, I did file what's called uh, I filed affidavits uh, for criminal information for a prosecutor to then decide whether they wanted to. But it works differently in Missouri than it does in Illinois. Um, and well, so I anyway, just respond I mean, by saying that I agree with you that this is a somewhat weak claim. <laughs> somewhat weak claim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's my hands in the air on that. <laughs> um, but, but, but however, the, uh, the idea is how would anyone else ever know that this is how really terrible divorces go? where one party calls the police and ends up with criminal complaints by the cops against that same person who called the police. Right. I mean, it's really hard to tell that story, but here you go. There are two, there are two things I think we have to actually address, okay. which right, was this, the actual sanctions themselves yeah. and the winning redress. Winning redress in the Seventh Circuit. I think failing to address that, please, that would not fully give what litigation strategy is. I'd be doing my students and your listeners a disservice by not covering that I won in the Seventh Circuit by really any objective measure. I just also happened to be told I was being sanctioned. Yeah, see, I'm I have never been clear on why you think that. Um, I mean, you were not you were you were sanctioned, you were not monetarily sanctioned. That is true. Uh, but the Seventh Circuit did not seem to be uh, happy with you in that order. So let, let me explain to me what we missed in that, because to me it looked not so great. 
Uh, I mean, you didn't have to pay money. That's that was good, but it didn't seem like a, it didn't seem like a, a resounding victory. So, first of all, when you you know appeal a lower court's decision and then modify the lower court's decision, you have won if that modification grants you any form of legal redress. So, I think that 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 should evidently be true. Had I not gone to the Seventh Circuit, I would have been foreclosed from bringing new claims in state court because in the in the Northern District. Uh, I was thrown, as you guys put, you know, GTFO, right? However, the Seventh Circuit modified on the face this, the Northern District's order suggesting it was only for jurisdictional reasons that I lost uh, with prejudice in the, in the lower court, which meant I was allowed, and I will say have, um, been allowed to file the same or similar claims in state court thereafter. So you're saying because you appealed to the Seventh Circuit, they affirmed the lower court in broad measure and sanctioned you. But mm-hmm. you're saying because they affirmed only on the jurisdictional questions and not on the merits yeah, because they modified it. How did they modify That's it? That's right. They modified I, I read they, them as only modified the jurisdictional questions and it not being necessary to reach the other questions. Uh, no, okay. no, no, no. And it was a very specific language. They modified it such that the lower court's order. It was affirmed as modified to only be for jurisdictional reasons. I mean, they could have just affirmed only on the jurisdictional and left the others, but they modified it to only be. And by the way, other people in in those subsequent cases, you know, they certainly waive the argument that it's barred by res judicata. So I've, to me, I I, uh, lived to fight another day and I was pretty happy with it. By having the Seventh Circuit only focus on the uh, jurisdictional issues and not reaching the merits issues the merits issues were preserved for subsequent filings in other jurisdictions that may have been more appropriate jurisdictionally i don't have the order in front of me to see the modified part but i i opened it up and it does say that but i will contest i don't know man i'm not sure if i would call that a win as much as the seventh circuit saying look when we talk jurisdiction we stop talking about other stuff if it's out on jurisdiction there's no reason to talk about these other things so the order so uh so you don't address the rest of those claims. That's it. Kick it out on jurisdiction and a discussion because we literally don't have jurisdiction for the rest of it. So I, I don't I mean, that's the Seventh Circuit doing business as it's supposed to. Uh, but I don't know if that's a win. Um, it's certainly you are right that you live to fight another day and you, you, you didn't somehow lose, you know, claims you were going to have to appeal up or something. Yeah. yeah. So so when it's, uh, you know, when it's my podcast and of course ordering you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to tell your story, then that'll be the way it went down. But see, that's not this situation. This situation is where the Northern District, <laughs> the Northern District, very clearly said, "Get the fuck out of here on the merits." Okay, yeah. and so I was barred. And unless I brought that Seventh Circuit thing, I would have still been barred. See, and so I won redress. <laughs> uh, I hate to go back to paragraph subparagraph A, but uh, this is pimping. Uh, argumentation. <laughs> <laughs> you lost paragraph A, man. You're just gonna. Have to... yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm still he's he's deferring it. to for, to a later date or a later time. <laughs> the last thing I think that I I know I want to at least address is really the the harm visited upon my children that I was fighting about in the first place because any human being, in fact, every human being I've ever spoken to, other than a very 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 small number. Uh, you know, on, on, on finger, fewer than fingers on a single hand, that my children 
were and theoretically still are, although it's sort of moot at this point because I keep getting, you know, custody of them, <laughs> were barred from being in the state of Illinois where they live when they were with me on my weekends. So the children themselves had to travel outside of Illinois and like miss their games, their dance recitals, anything if it was my weekend. Like that was a condition. The children could be and and I, you know, I use this quote all the time. They could go to Wisconsin or Missouri, New York or DC. Massachusetts, California, Mexico, Israel, or Pyongyang, North Korea, uh, <laughs> without any permission from anyone at all other than the State Department, uh, in, in the case of Pyongyang. <laughs> but they couldn't be in Chicago or Highland Park or Champaign or the state capital of Springfield. They just weren't allowed to be in their own right. state. And it's frankly such an injustice and so absurd that I felt that, you know, this sort of thing shouldn't ever happen. And it's certainly not a family law related thing. It's just a very specific, no court allows this anywhere. This is a total violation of my children's rights. And I, I, I'm, you know, I'm fed up with it. I won't do it anymore. But um, so it's become moot. But uh, anyway, that's the injustice that was, that was just sort of papered over here. And, you know, there's a, Plenty of counter arguments of why it was this way right. or whatever, but I can assure you, none of them, no one's ever been able to come up with a good one. Well, on the face, I don't quite understand it either, to be honest, too. And I, I you know, I, and again, we were not meaning to in any way denigrate, you know, your parenting or the the notion that, you know, you obviously, your kids are very important to you. And, you know, I could cert if a court did this to me, uh, I would be hopping mad uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because I agree you know, not that. being able to spend time with your kids in a way that is healthy and normal uh, is an incredible imposition. The first thing I got to do is a forty-five minute drive the minute I pick yeah. them up. Yeah. Well, and, and as you say, them then they're they're mis- it's disruptive to them. Yeah, anger is not the right word. It because I'm not angry about it. It's un, it's in it's it's unjust. Right? It's an, uh, it's an injustice. And and with if that's happening to me, I'm okay. Like I'm a little overeducated, I can admit it. Uh, I'm not saying some of the stuff you know tracks some of this sort of stuff. But if that sort of stuff is happening to me, imagine all the petty common injustices happening to other people. Based and I I can't I won't sit for that that those days are where that happens to me, and I don't happen to it. Those days in my life are over. I'm happening to this, right? <laughs> this can this sort of thing cannot continue. The, where people do this and no one can afford to fight and the, the systems of review are ludicrous and absurd, I'm done with it. So that's my fight, whether licensed or not, that's my fight. And we're no strangers uh, to the notion that courts in this country fuck over people all the time. And in fact, that's a lot of what we're here to talk about. Uh, yeah, we're not going to dispute yeah, that. So we, uh, we're, but far be it from us to take the side of big court uh, against uh uh, the you know the fathers of this world. So uh, we, we we hear you loud and clear. Yeah, and I don't even mean fathers. I, I really don't no, mean anybody. fathers. There's well, mothers. Stories about there's, you know cri- you know uh, co- convicted people convicted or forced. You know with you know bad whatever. It's very, in, in access people, to justice. People getting in traps. I, I knew you guys would agree. Absolutely. With no, we we. Yeah, and I knew you guys would agree with this. Just knowing a little bit about your podcast, which is why I you know took the time and attention to me through a 31 page complaint in federal court. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, this is quite flattering. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so, if we're through the if we're through the statements, um, you know, you then have a section here that talks about our purported diligence. You've now been through us on our process, uh, you know, and I think you can 
maybe we, we will once again tell you that when we talk about the quality uh, of our research and the in-depthness of our research, uh, those were not intended to be taken seriously. Uh, those were jo- <laughs> those were jokes. So um, I think now you've get, you've seen how the sausage gets made around here. Uh, we tend to play it a little fast and loose sometimes. Wait, so I want to understand this from Andy's perspective. Andy, how would you have taken this? We don't take our research seriously. And the fact that we're serious people, like, I think that's sort of a funny thing to have to have had to have admitted in front of a federal judge. What are you talking about right now? Was that a tee up for a joke? Did I miss a cue? No, the uh, the, the, <laughs> the the purported diligence, you know, how, how would it play having to deny that we prepare uh, and are diligent? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we weren't recording a podcast uh, and we were preparing, you know, legal briefings or something, that's probably not how we phrase it. <laughs> yeah, we play fast and loose, Your Honor. <laughs> You know, we just we just we just hop in there and start bullshitting. I mean, like I got, we have a lot of documents. We don't fucking read them. I just say whatever I think. Yeah, that's not the kind of stuff that I would say in the context of a defamation case to a judge or finder of fact. Um, generally, I would say uh, something else. Probably, I would cite the evidence that we actually had before us that I think the things that we got wrong, if we got any wrong, were not defamatory. That's my that's my belief. Um, like I said at the top taking exception to what we said, being offended by the what we said or the manner in which we said or just the drive-by we did on you without knowing you, I think that's all super fair and you can call us an asshole and you can get our attention with a complaint. Um, whether it's actionable or whether we didn't, whether it wasn't supported by research, I don't know, man, I'm looking at the six criminal complaints. Like, I got them on my computer. I can I can count to six and they're all right here. So I don't know that we have, like, research problems or that we didn't, um, we didn't read enough or... You know, maybe there's like a misspeaking problem. I don't think we had a research problem. Maybe we had a compassion problem. So you're saying, so wait, so you're saying the six criminal complaints one is very weak. Your argument about <laughs> it. I think I th- I th- I'm looking at them. It says complain it. I didn't say I didn't, say I didn't complain. I said I didn't file <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy, yeah. Andy, I just, I just, Andy, I don't think that's going Andy, very far. Andy, in the you court. can't, you can't keep taking a victory lap over, you know, over no, I mean, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm, allowed see, I'm allowed to push back. I love that. I love that you circle back on that one. <laughs> Personally speaking, you brought up the research. I don't think that. I don't think that it mattered. I wasn't concerned about that at all. I don't think we had to join that issue. I think what we would have done, and particularly again under the under the more liberal 12b6 standards now, was just to say, look, Your Honor, fair report privilege. You know, we were reading from documents. Here they are. Uh, as you yeah. can see, this guy is a crank who got sanctioned by. I mean, we would like. I would have no no disrespect. I'm not trying to be. I, I'm not trying to be combative here by any stretch of imagination. But I would have said, look, whatever we said here, none of this is. Uh, none of these are meant to be statements of fact. They're all you know. And here are. Here's the site to the decision. Here's everything else. I, I don't think that we would have needed to say, oh no, we we deny that we. Uh, research or not, I don't think it would have been would have been relevant. I think we would have just said, you know, we we spent ten minutes on an episode talking about this person in an admittedly rude fashion, but the gravamen of what we said is proven by both the record uh, and the instant lawsuit. That would have been the thrust. That would have been the thrust. There's been one matter in my life over which I have been sanctioned, and it relates to finding redress in an incredibly unjust situation. For my children. Oh no no we would have we would have been sli- we would have been sliming you for sure. You know I I and, I and I get slime and it happens to me a lot on this issue, 
and it's it's generally irrelevant. And ninety nine percent of the time, um, I have counsel who's like, I don't. I mean, they can say what they want. Like, I'm the I'm your lawyer, and I'm filing this, and you know, you have a good argument here. As far as like, I don't sue. You know, I have one action against uh, the blessed mother of my children, to whom I owe debt of eternal gratitude. <laughs> Uh, in 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 it's a dissolution, and that is mm-hmm. it at this point, right now. Like that's all I have I, now. This other case, again, I dismissed it because we had settled as it relates to my children. I don't have like five hundred cases against my kids, mom. I'm not fighting losing fights just to fight. Like I don't do that. Like I think there were valid claims in here. I think I might have lost them. Uh, it's possible, but what I do know is I would have told my story in my version which are truthful, although if there was a misquote, I would have corrected that because I, I don't do that or certainly not intentionally. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I look at you guys as you're, you're having a good time, you're lawyers, and you should continue to do it. Just, you know, someone reaches out that, you know, might have bothered, like maybe you should answer their email. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know, guys. The, the, it's funny because the Jones Day litigation happened because we didn't answer their threatening lawyer letter. Because they sent it to the wrong address. Yeah. So, like, I'm no stranger to not answering a lawyer who reaches out. Yeah, no, I, I just, uh, like I said, I blame uh, I blame advice of counsel. Uh, but there's no ineffective assistance. In the, in civil, and again, all's well that ends well. I'm more than happy with the way this ended up at the end of the day. So Yeah. yeah. I, did too. I, think- I think this was a big success, at least for... Me not having to, you know, go through another another sliming. At the Probably the most juice. important thing to me in my life is, like, having a laugh with the guys. And so, like, this just gives me another excuse to do that. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that is more than even all lawyers are best in our operating philosophy, which is it's fun to, fun to tell jokes at the boys. I love shooting the yeah. shit. Yeah. I just love yeah. it. I go with the all lawyers are blameless. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's got to be your, one, are, your podcast. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We, we will uh, in- issue a, any waiver you like and not come after you for infringement right. if you want to co- open up a all lawyers are blameless podcast. Well, I I, I was wonder I was wondering who who would claim it, whose name would be on it, um, and yeah, let me know. Well, let me know who wants to have that fight. No, the 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 um the one thing I do want to say, and this is for uh, our current listening audience right now, is that, oh, the reason I asked for the equitable remedies, which I know Andy wanted to talk about at some yeah. point, was because of the the potential danger you were presenting to your uh, listening audience. I think is something I, I you said due to the ongoing danger. To, to, to the listening yeah, audience, so to I'm the really legal here. profession, and to ourselves. You were trying to save <laughs> yes. us from ourselves. In addition. <laughs> that's, that's right. And I, I don't, I mean, I know I said I was here to tell my hero story, but it's really more to help you, <laughs> yourselves, your audience, and the entire legal profession. And so, to, you know, to segue into and, what Andy wants to talk about, I figure we should open with why I did it. Well, I mean, the only thing I wanted to bring, because I think we've come we've come through the equitable remedies a couple of times. The one thing I really wanted to do is this class. We were going to have to take a class. Yeah, you wanted the court to order us to take uh, your course at UCLA at our own expense, by the way, in order to understand different aspects of strategy as it relates to law. And we were going to have to earn a passing grade. Um, and I guess... You were never. I mean, to me, the the product was. Uh, you were never going to pass us. Yeah, we were fucked on that. Come on. Well, I mean, guys. I mean, you, that would be that would be under the assumption that my TA doesn't do all the grading and I just get out there and yap. <laughs> uh-huh. And I mean, you think maybe you don't 
really quite understand how teaching <laughs> yeah, works. Yeah, I guess I don't. Um, <laughs> Uh, Neither and, of us and are by educated the way, due to the confidential nat- due to the confidential nature of the settlement, it is unclear that you are not ordered. To that's do right. That. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, we may or, we may or may not be showing up to your class, uh, but uh, yes, uh, you're correct. Um, and then we uh, we were to produce uh, another episode. Uh, we were to do a, a correction, which I think we did. But again, then the, the the kicker was that I was never going to be allowed to say Missouri again. So I guess is it fair? Can I say Missouri sometimes? Or can we reach an agreement? Yes, okay. I mean the, Andy. Andy read it. It's it's just not to disparage intelligence or sophistication <laughs> or any negative cognitive attribute if you use the more rural pronunciation. And because you know, as Missouri, I'll do a little pitch for when I run for governor. <laughs> uh, is um, Missouri is the only state with two uh, Federal Reserve banks. They just happen to be in the metropolitan areas of St. Louis and Kansas City. Uh, but a lot of the states are rural, and some people say Missouri there, but that doesn't mean they aren't cognitive. Vote for Winehouse. There you go. <laughs> Look, man, I grew up in the <laughs> South, and using a drawl in any way to describe people as stupid is my fucking constitutional right. I'm ne- I will never <laughs> give that shit up. Let me ask. So there, there are five counts, right? Um, and you were seeking $10 million. Is that for each count, or... Were we only on the hook for ten million? Is this a fifty million dollar complaint or a ten million dollar complaint? Yeah, good question. I think the court, when it actually first asked for, uh, asked me to amend the complaint for the resident versus citizen discrepancy well, very in the diversity yeah. jurisdiction, <laughs> mentioned the ten million dollar. I don't think it said greater than seventy five. For some reason, I think that they lionized it as ten million total, but. I I, I, I just so you know, because because again the terms are confidential, that we would have settled for uh, no more than okay. 10. So ten, so ten, ten was okay. so the punitive. No the punitives were just, were just gassing like, this up. Uh, what what's that? The punitive request here is because you have ten million dollars plus punitives. That's just gassing us up. You would have settled for ten. I, well. <laughs> What I am willing to say is we did settle for some number yeah. less than From, yeah, 10, 10 million. Less. We settled for no more than 10 million. I'm willing to say that. that. And it's confidential. Yeah, I agree not, with that. Unless you want to strike. I that. agree with that. I agree with that. We did settle okay. for no okay. more than $10 million. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um, so I feel like you, I feel like I answered that question through. through there we go. So I guess Honestly. we have reached the end of the document. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? clarify uh to for the listeners for the legal profession more generally or for us uh you know any anything else you wanted to to say to save us from ourselves uh, now's your chance well there is something because we left you know we left something unaddressed you guys have pounded me i may have set this entire episode and just taking victory lap after victory lap over you guys and of course (laughs) you know you've got your victory lap on the on the uh, the citations uh, and sort of the policing. And I get that, but I left open, and I don't think it was fair of me to you guys, to be fair to you guys, about, um, you know, the, the subparagraph A on uh, you saying I was, you know, probably the biggest pip. Um, <laughs> now, I think you have a good defense on this, <laughs> okay. being an opinion. But the mistake, the mistake was mine here, and even claiming this. I went after you for calling me a pimp. When it should have get, gone after you for even questioning that I am indeed, <laughs> and certainly not probably, okay, the biggest pimp when it comes to advocating for justice. Oh, and remember, 
I want you to remember, as one of our listeners tweeted after the original episode, you make Coach pull, he'll put you down. <laughs> I respect he put that together by the end of the episode. Co- Coach, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Uh, Honestly, a genuine pleasure. Yeah. I've had a great time. No, you guys this are great. Is a blast. You're, you're, you're listening. You're a listening pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Uh, see you next time. Okay.